Did you happen to see uh, – so I know the Dodgers were on, so I, I just saw it on Twitter this morning – that Russell Wilson going through his two-minute offense by himself on the field. Yep. Did you see that? Yep, I saw him uh, kneeling down, huddling, talking to the guys, <laughs> uh, kind of going through the motions. And uh, I was like, hey, Russ um, – <laughs> Nobody's there, bro. <laughs> Just, you don't. I don't know if you need to go through that. I, I'm sure Russell had no idea that there was a camera on him. He'd never do something like that just so people could see it on TV. That that could never be the deal because we know that Russ isn't about that. He's about the team and all that stuff. So that couldn't be it. But I did like that there was an Ask Slee earlier that we didn't get to asking if you go through a similar routine when you're by yourself at the park shooting baskets. And if so, are you Eldon Campbell or Sedell three? <laughs> Oh, Sedale, I'm a guard, bro. Let's let's not get it twisted. Now I can yeah, go down to the block man. if I need to. You know, if I got if I got a little bit of size on me in a two on two game, Emily, don't put your hand on your head. Let me let me finish this. It's very important here. I know you're thinking Al thinks he's a basketball player, but uh, I'm Sedale on that court. So hopefully uh-huh. that answered the question. There. <laughs> All right, ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. I still think the Dodgers win, and here's why: mm-hmm. they have the better pitching. And now I think, knocking on wood, crossing my fingers and toes, that they're set up to go into a more traditional mode at this point. You're going to have Walker Bueller tomorrow afternoon. By the way, two o'clock. You're planning accordingly. The game starts at two o'clock our time. No, it makes in the so afternoon. much sense to have a two o'clock game at Dodger Stadium <laughs> on tomorrow Tuesday. on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different. Let's just yeah. say that it's a a little bit different along the way. But you got Bueller going on mm-hmm. full rest. You're going to have Julio. I do not think that him pitching last night is going to affect his start on Wednesday. He's going to go then. Then you're right back at it again. You're on turn. You're ready to go with Max Scherzer again at that point. Or you can go back to Tony Gonsolin if you want to do it. That You have a situation where your better pitching, your better bullpen can start to take over. That the, the, the weirdness of an elimination game last, what would that be, Thursday, is in the rearview mirror. You're trying to, you got a little too cute for your own good over the weekend. I think they can go back to a traditional. And if they win tomorrow and all of a sudden Julio's coming out in game four, the Dodgers have to be feeling really good about that game. Just get tomorrow done, and I think that this thing starts to go back to the Dodgers' way. Okay, I, I got a question for you. Let, let me ask a question first, and then we could play this Dave Roberts on – if the wear and tear against that giant series, by the way, it's not just the giant series. It's you played in a wild card game. You played all the way up to 162 games in six innings until you realize that giants are going to win the division. Um, you know, you say that, okay, well, Julio will be just fine. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that he's going to get a couple days rest now and he'll be able to pitch on, uh, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Did it, and this is the, okay, this is what he would do. Even in an off day, he would have a bullpen day. So yesterday they're taking this bullpen day and saying, no, we'll throw him into game two in the <clears throat> in the eighth inning, inning yeah. in a game against the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta, which still makes no sense to me, but let's leave it at that. When you say he'll be fine on Wednesday, explain to me what you mean there because he didn't look good yesterday, right? He looked like he was getting shelled. He looked like uh, a lot of his pitches or what we're accustomed to in that 20-game winner from Julio, that wasn't him in that short span that he was in the game yesterday. So why do you think just automatically that has zero effect or would have any effect on Wednesday's game? That's because, my um, my curiosity. Yeah, no, it's a good question, but the answer is pretty obvious. You usually th- – th- 
the bullpen that he threw yesterday mm-hmm. was in the eighth inning of a playoff game. Those bullpens are usually thrown at <laughs> noon with nobody in the ballpark, and you don't see them. Right, mm-hmm. so that the fastball doesn't have a lot of life, that the slider doesn't have a lot of bite, that the changeup isn't located really well. He's usually throwing to a bullpen catcher with Mark Pryor standing behind him, going, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. looks good. All right, couple more curveballs, then let's get in the shower." <laughs> that's what we use. That's what those sessions usually are. This isn't anything that has any connectivity to the next one. It is a start, presu- and again, let me just throw this out there, presumably yeah. on full rest, presumably on turn, where he's going to have his entire routine to go, I think he will be fine. I think what's a different question is what happens with the Dodger offense. I want you to listen to Dave Roberts right here talking about some of these offensive struggles because I thought it was interesting the answer and the fact that he went there. He was asked, what exactly is keeping your team from scoring the runs the way they typically do only four hits last night? I think it's, uh, I think in this, in that particular instance, it's an approach thing. It's an approach thing. And, um, you know, I think that certain times in scoring position, we, we expect we're expanding too much. Okay. That is a accurate, mm-hmm. right? I think he, I think he's exactly right that they're expanding too much with runners in scoring position. They're getting far too aggressive and trying to do far too much. One of the things that the Dodgers did really well last year, especially coming back from a three-one hole against the Atlanta Braves, is keep the line moving, pass the baton, whatever euphemism mm. you want for that. Is hey, I don't have to get the hit because the next guy will. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna throw me a strike, I'll take a, I'll take a walk. Justin Turner did a good job with that, uh, getting hit by that pitch. It's like I don't have to make sure that I'm the guy to get the hit. Keep the line moving. They didn't keep the line moving. They haven't for the last couple of nights. They just have not been able to kind of be that grinded out. They're swinging at a bunch of first pitches, and it, the, the approach was very, very different. That's part one. Part two, Al. Two and 18, by the way, runners in scoring position. Yeah, so. Yeah, but part that he said that I think is kind of telling. Now, this wasn't a my guys are bums and they suck and they're going to get me fired. It wasn't that. But him publicly saying, yeah, you know, the approach hasn't been great for Dave Roberts. That's something. He usually is incredibly protective of his guys. And for him to even mildly go there, I think, speaks to his frustration that, yeah, guys are not having the right at-bats at the right moment. So I want to – I know, and this is kind of your theme in today, is this is more about one decision yesterday or Julio coming in in the eighth or whatever the case is that the bats are, that that's the issue. Um, I, I want to go back to something because you explained that what happened yesterday will not affect Julio on that game on Wednesday. Can you just, now that the dust has settled, why did that play out the way it did yesterday? I, I'm I'm still very curious to know. You mean the decision to bring Julio in right there? Yeah, because, listen, I walked away with one thing yesterday. I walked away with you're up 4-2 to two and your bullpen has been fantastic. Your bullpen's been great. Why? I, I'm just trying to think here. What's the strategy of saying Julio is going to come in in the eighth inning? And by the way, if it works, you know what people are going to start saying? Man, they did it again. This yeah. is genius. Look what they've done. And in the the Corey Knable game where um, Gratterall game came five. in as well, yeah, game five, yeah. where Gratterall came in, they didn't give up any runs. So whether you liked the move or you didn't, it worked because they didn't give up any runs. Yesterday, two runs were given up in the eighth inning. I'm just trying to better understand. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that want to better understand why Julio in that situation in that position. Yeah, well, okay, so – I think there are two different things going on here. Number one, an elimination game in game five, 
all bets are off. Whatever, whatever we need to do. We're you're gonna, just we're trying to live it. another day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're literally going inning to inning in this situation. And so that, that those moves made a little bit more sense to me. Yesterday, and, and I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm curious. It, it's a, it was an interesting decision. It seemed like they were trying to manage around a problem that didn't exist. That's that, a good that way we're, to put it. That yep. we're, we're trying to avoid a scenario that, doesn't really come up that there's nobody that's going to come out of that Dodger bullpen that you're like, oh no, not this guy, mm-hmm. right? And look, most teams have a guy or more than a guy, maybe two or three guys that I don't want this guy to pitch. When Alex Vezia comes into the game, is there any? Max Scherzer said it. He goes, look, Vezia was a better option than I was at that point. Vezia has been great. Doesn't mean he won't give up a run occasionally. Mm-hmm. Phil Bickford's been great. Knable's been good. Gratterall, who did pitch in the ninth inning, that's another curious move. When we're into the ninth inning. Why not pitch Kenley for the entire inning? Sure, that seems sure. to make. But you're you're trying to avoid guys, and then you end up using them anyway. Maybe in positions that maybe they you typically wouldn't, despite the fact that your bullpen has been just fantastic for months and months and months. I don't understand what you're trying to avoid because your bull Joe Kelly hasn't given up a hit in seemingly you know three weeks. Hmm. He's going out there going right through guys, and I know that they used him in a traditional spot. But why this drastic change in philosophy in the playoffs? I, I don't know. The, the elimination game, I get it. Makes sense. The rest of it, eh? You know what helps? Just go get a bunch of hits yeah. and then put this thing to bed. All right. Um, let, let me put this out there. Today's stat hero of the day is Mookie Betts. So you're talking about guys that are actually effective with their bat right now. He's been one of the few Dodgers consistently getting on base. Uh, in the last week, Mookie, four hits, seven runs, three RBIs, two home runs, four stolen bases. Mookie's been uh, fantastic. So um, that is today's uh, stat hero um, hero of the day, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sliwa Show. Stat hero is the first ever Daily Fantasy sportsbook that gives a player the advantage Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for 300% uh, back on your first play. It's stathero.com slash 710ESPN. Pick Cooper Cup. That's good advice, too. That, uh, that's worked for me just about every time. When you were doing the Stat Hero of the Day, mm-hmm. Mookie, you mentioned the four steals. I think that kind of tells you where the Dodger offense is, too. That the Dodgers are attempting. We've seen Mookie run. We've seen Chris Taylor run. We saw Corey Seager run. We're seeing them kind of put some pressure on the Braves on, on the base pass. And it feels like they're trying to force the issue because they feel like their bats just aren't going. They're trying to get some stuff. I mean, Trey Turner, I was making the case towards the end of the year, why is he not getting an MVP conversation? Wins Mm -hmm. a batting title. Mm -hmm. He's a high-level defender. He's on base all the time. He can run. He hits for power. He hits for an average. All of these things. He's hitting 200 right now. And he's 100 points higher than Justin Turner, who's hitting a buck 07. Mm. Cody Bellinger is hitting 286. Behind Mookie and Will Smith, Cody Bellinger's your hottest guy. This is how quick, and I get it, short sample, all of these other things that are going on right now, but they need to hit. If we're talking about a run here and there, oh, why did they do this with this one pitcher and this one? Guys, we're talking, they've lost a couple of one-run games. They need to hit. It hasn't happened. And and I don't know if it's approach like Dave Roberts is saying. I don't know if it's pressure because they're feeling that, hey, okay, I'll do it. I can't let the next guy do it. But this is a team that was an incredibly successful offensive team entirely last year. And this year they're hot and cold, and I don't know why, Al. I just don't well, know why. Well, the conversation can obviously change uh... – Pretty quick here. Dodgers have a game tomorrow at 2 p.m. Again, makes absolutely no sense, but they have 2 p.m. game at Dodger <laughs> Stadium. 
maybe we're sitting here 30 hours from right now saying, okay, hey, they're back in this thing. It's two to one. Bueller did what he was supposed to do. That The Dodgers didn't get too cute with trying to do this and trying to do that. Um, maybe that'll be the case, but obviously, Trav, tomorrow is a, you know, I know it's technically not a must win. It's a must win. Yeah, I want to slide in one quick phone call here because I think this is a very good point. Let's go to Ventura very quickly and Steve. Steve, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Yeah, I think what we're seeing with the front office is what we're seeing throughout sports is everybody becomes in love with their system and in love with being the reason that they win instead of just winning. We saw it with Lane Kiffin. He would still be the coach at SC if he would ever have ran the ball. They always had more talent, <laughs> and they could they could have won every game by having a balanced offense, but he's a pass-first coach, so they had to do that so that he would look good and they'd have all these great stats. And you see it, you know, every week with all these, you know, Graham Harrell's the same way at SC, and you see it now with this front office. They want to be the reason that they win instead of just winning. The Dodgers have better players. So no matter what you do, you're probably going to be successful. But now we see, you know, these decisions that they're making, and right now they're in a really bad spot because they wanted to look innovative and, and look like the reason they won. And everyone talks about you know, there are these Ivy League thinkers that the Dodgers have, and that's well, the reason they I, went. Yeah, it's interesting, Steve. Thank you for the call. You bring up a really good point that I'll, I think we should continue to get into as we go deeper into the show because the idea of what they want to show, this isn't their system. This, this is something that that's got so, launched on everybody on that's what's so last weird. Thursday. Yeah, it's a, it's a departure from their system, which, you know what, more often than not, I would be okay with in a short sample size, but this is a pretty drastic departure from what has worked really, really well throughout the entire season. We'll get to more of that coming up in just a little bit. But Million coming up next. Dollar Here we go. Monday. Okay, here's what we do. Call in right now, 877-710-ESPN. Give me the number again, 877-710-3776. It's your chance to win Rams and Lions tickets coming up on Sunday. Your chance to win a million dollars if you get the right matchup and the score for the Super Bowl. That is all coming up next on Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm not going to do it in the Jared Goff voice. I have to start, or let me let me be more uh, accurate. I'm not going to do it in the voice that Chris thinks I use when I talk about Jared Goff. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. Here's how it works. We're going to bring you on. You're going to have to answer a Rams trivia question. And if you get it right, you're going to win tickets to the Rams and the Lions, which is coming up this Sunday at SoFi Stadium. And you need to give us your Super Bowl prediction, both the teams and the final score. And if you get that right, million bucks. It's as easy as that, Al. Yeah, the million things cool. Um, this weekend, you got Rams, <laughs> Lions, SoFi Stadium. A chance, if you've never been to SoFi Stadium, to go see um, and you and I have already talked about this. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. A couple things I would have personally done different to SoFi, but that's that's what they went with. That's what they went with. All right, you get to go first here, Al. Who do you want to go to? Who's first up on our Million Dollar Monday? 
All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Kevin in Compton. Kevin, what's going on? Appreciate you calling in. Hey, what's going on? Okay, All right, you Kevin. You ready, Kevin? Kevin? What, hold on one second. Hold on one second, Al. Kevin, what is your last name? My last name is Hernandez. Kevin Hernandez from Compton. Al, hit him with the question. All right, Kevin. What professional sport did Jared Goff's father play? What professional sport did Jared Goff's father play? Kevin? Come on, Kev. Yes. Uh, you, yep, give me an five answer. Five seconds. Here. Five seconds. Baseball four. player. Hey, there you go. <laughs> right out of the chute. We haven't had somebody get it right out of the chute in a long time. Good job, Kevin Hernandez from Compton. All right, so here's what we need, Kev. I need you to give your Super Bowl teams and the final score. Keep in mind, you're going to want to pick an NFC team. You're going to want to pick an AFC team and give us a final score. What do you got? My Los Angeles Rams, 34, and Buffalo Bills, 28. 34-28, the Rams over the Bills in the Super Bowl. There you go, Kevin. Congratulations. Enjoy the game. Stay online. Stay online. Yep. Yep. Stay online. And Al, you know, he got the big, the mega prize, as you put it, which is the Rams and Lions on Sunday at SoFi Stadium. So let's let's do this real quick. Um, That didn't go as planned. Let me just tell (laughs) listeners out there. Kevin was ready. This is how it's supposed to work. We need a couple people to get a couple wrong. Okay, <laughs> we're kind of trying to, you know, add some uh, add some excitement to this. Couple people get it wrong, and then here we go on the third question, fourth question, and then bam, somebody gets you. <laughs> Kevin, I'm happy for you, but I'm also uh, disappointed that you knew what the hell you were talking about so soon into the uh, into the program. <laughs> he was prepared. He got, yeah, he he was got prepared. it done along the way. Um, I think that we got to see Sean McVay yesterday, Al, yep. already start coaching, not just for what happened yesterday, not just what's going to happen on Sunday at SoFi Stadium against the Lions, but he's already looking forward to Houston two weeks, or I guess it's almost three weeks from now, uh, when the Rams go there in week eight, because he was very disappointed and very outspoken about how they got off to a bad start. They had too many penalties, that the defense kind of bailed them out early. He's already knowing that we're at 5-1 and one right now, but we need to make sure that we don't fall into bad habits just because we happen to be playing some really bad teams three weeks in a row, the Giants, the Lions, and the Texans. Well, the reality is, and, and you know, this is kind of the expectation McVay has on you know his squad, but here's the reality. The reality is you can win a game but make mistakes that if you continue those mistakes and you're playing at Green Bay, you're going to lose that game right, or you're at San Francisco, you're going to lose that game. And they still have on the schedule. You know, I, I don't think people understand. They're going to have some great tests later on. For but sure. for now, for now, feast. You know, take advantage of these teams that you have. And I don't think anybody's going to question, okay, will Detroit actually give them – um, will they give them trouble this upcoming Sunday? They shouldn't. Nobody's going to expect that. Will Houston actually give them trouble? They shouldn't. Nobody's going to expect that. Even that Tennessee game, which I, I think Tennessee can you know, have a week where they play some good football. They got Derrick Henry. They're always dangerous. You still have at San Francisco, at Green Bay, at Arizona, at Minnesota, at Baltimore. You have tough games the rest of the, you know, in your schedule. I think, McVay, it's more of if we make these mistakes against good teams, it could come back and hurt us. Here's what's coming up. They've got these this easy stretch of games coming up, and you'd expect them to get through this at 7-1, and 8-1, and 7-2, something like that. They're going to be in a really good shape going into the next part of the schedule. But here's what it is. Three of the next four games after that, all on the road, Monday night in, in Arizona, 
Monday night in San Francisco and at Green Bay. Two tough division games. One of them is against the only undefeated team in the conference. Another one is against a team that always gives you a hard time. San Francisco is the kryptonite for Sean McVay. And then you've got Green Bay in Green Bay against another one-loss NFC team that, yeah, you're going to get a little fat on the Giants, the Lions, and the Texans, but what's waiting for you on the backside of that is a monster. Yeah, this is, by the way, you know, you kind of have said, you've said this about Matt Stafford, you've said this about the Rams, the regular season is going to be one thing. Okay, at the end of the day, you will be judged about where what you do and what you accomplish in the postseason. Don't you want a lot of these games at SoFi? You know, do, do you want to go into a playoff game where you have to travel to Green Bay or, um, you know, just kind of using some of these potential opponents they could have in the NFC or you're at Dallas or something along those lines. So there's uh, there's something to that. Who is the guy that I've picked in Stat Hero over and over and over again in the football picks? Uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper yeah, Cup. Cooper That's Cup exactly is, right. Yeah, Won me been. my matchup again yesterday. A couple of touchdown passes, 120 yards, nine catches. He was great. He was great. Is he the best wide receiver in football? Doesn't that say, I mean, it feels like such a weird thing. You think about Devontae Adams. You think about DeAndre Hopkins. You think yep. about some of these other guys that are DK Metcalf. Really, really high-level guys. Isn't Cooper Cup better than those guys? Um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds funny to ask that, but he is, isn't he? You know, do you know what makes uh, – I think part of what makes the best wide receiver in the league is how good the connection is with the quarterback. And him and Stafford have this – unbelievable connection whether it's short you know um, short down yardage or they need 15 yards or they need five yards it doesn't matter it feels like they always kind of connect and yeah you could put it this way you can make a case right now that Cooper Cup is the best um, wide receiver in the NFL but you're also making that case because him and Stafford have a perfect connection now here's the flip side of this Mm mm-hmm the Rams rely so much on him. We saw it last week uh, when the Rams kind of bounced back in Seattle and Robert Woods had the big weekend, right? That's right. Robert Woods, I think it was 150 yards, nine, nine or ten catches, whatever. He got in the end zone one time. But it does feel that Cup is the guy that whenever Ish gets tight, yep. that's where they go. Go right? to Cooper Cup. Third down or a goal line situation, it's Cup, 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 Cup. When we get into the playoffs, we what 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 has Bill Belichick built an entire – career on and become one of the greatest coaches if not the greatest coach of all time take away what that guy does the best make them do something other than their number one option do the rams have that is that number two whether it's woods or jackson or uh, van jefferson tyler higby they've got plan b's but boy oh boy it seems like if a isn't working then all of a sudden they find themselves in a very different spot but i tell you what when you put it that way I actually think, no, I think their plan Bs are, that's pretty good, right? To have some of those plan Bs that they have, it's uh, it's not a bad plan B in a scope of a 17-game season or 18 weeks where you know you can't just go to the same guy every single time. There was a moment in that game, like we talked about, four touchdowns in the second quarter, and mm-hmm. the game was just about over. It's 28-3. to We're coming out the second half. The Rams get the ball to start the third quarter, and you're thinking, okay, if they score here, this is, this is it. It's, a, it's probably a wrap anyway, considering that the Giants are lousy. Rams went on a nine-play – or excuse me, a nine-minute 13-play drive that only ended in a field goal. But what it was, Al, it wasn't just so much that they could do that to the Giants – 
that they can go out and say, you know what, we're just going to grind you up and not let you touch the football because they got a couple of short fields. They scored a couple of quick, easy touchdowns along the way. That that they have that I'm going to grind you in the dust gear, I think bodes really well for them, A, in bad weather if they have to play in it, and B, playoff games. All right, Trav, time for uh, Stat Hero Weekend Hero. Um, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, right? Just make this simple here. If you're uh, playing fantasy over the weekend, make it very, very simple and just grab Cooper Cup. Again, he was fantastic for the Rams. Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sleeva Show. Stat Hero is the first ever Daily Fantasy sportsbook that gives a player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN. I want to keep emphasizing stathero.com slash 710ESPN. We obviously get credit on this show. They are an official partner of the show. And plus, you get 300% back on your first play. You know what's cool, too? And I know we talk about how you can see the lineups over and over again. But you can mm-hmm. decide. You want to play against six guys? Great. A six-guy lineup? Do it. I like the twos. I like the threes. I like just picking. I need to pick one guy to go off, and I always like that about Stat Hero, and Cooper Cup's my guy. For me, it's also less confusing because I'm not a general manager that can go out there and manage a six-man team. I'm with you, Trav. (laughs) Give me simplicity the simple way. Okay, um, let's do this when we come back. We didn't get a chance. We did, obviously, the Million Dollar Mondays. Uh, Dodger uh, listeners out there, Dodgers want to react to the Dodgers down two to nothing. Um, how do you feel doing? about being yeah. this position, right? Are you still okay and comfortable? Can you look back to last season and, and take something from that? Do you know, knowing Walker Bueller is going to be on the mound uh, tomorrow? Um, at 2 how, o'clock. At 2 o'clock. <laughs> how are you feeling about the Dodgers situation right now? 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here, Travis and Sliwa on uh, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Chris breaking out the alliteration. I like it. Way to go, Morales. <laughs> Nicely done. I don't know how this should make Dodger fans feel, but let me let me throw this out there. Uh, okay. Al, ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. I feel Good. I don't feel great, but I still feel pretty good about where and, and you know me. My default setting is not super positive. Yeah. My, my my default setting is not to see the silver lining in things. I'm focused on the big black cloud. But I I, I kind of feel okay about where they are. I don't love it, but I'm not terribly worried yet. Well, you're not terribly worried yet because you know what the Dodgers have coming up. You know that they'll probably have a game here pretty soon where they get you six, seven runs. That yeah. Trey Turner um, turns around his what is he batting? What'd you say? Below two hundred. Two hundred on the nose, and and not just that out. And he is hitting two hundred. Mm-hmm. His on base percentage is two hundred, which means he's not walking. His slugging percentage sure. is a little over two hundred, which means he's only getting singles. He's just not only is he not hitting, he's not getting on base. That they'll have one of those games where. You'll have a Walker Bueller type of performance tomorrow where it's not four innings, five innings. No, he'll get you six innings and one earned run. And things just – this is the one thing I'll say. Can it just look a little bit more like it did when you went through that 162-game grind? I think that's the that's the biggest question so okay. far. It's 
why are why are things why change things now? I don't know how necessary it is, and they've been changing it. I want to try to remain consistent. We're going to go to the phones here in just one second. You can call into the Dr. Pepper calling line, 877-710-ESPN. Remember at the beginning of the playoffs, I said to you, look, what works over 162 games sometimes does not work in the short sample of the playoffs, that you need to be willing to do some things in the playoffs that maybe you typically don't do in the course of a short season. And I think we've seen some of that. We've seen them be far more aggressive swinging at first pitches. We've seen them be far more aggressive in managing their bullpen and moments that need attention, need attention right now, that typically you'd let things play out, like we talked about Max Scherzer in the wild card game. You're not taking out Max Scherzer with one run in the fifth inning of any other game, but wild card game, you do it a little different. So I want to make sure that I'm being clear. I'm okay with doing things differently in the postseason than you've done during the regular season. If you're doing them differently to address a problem that has popped up in a short period of time, that's the part that's the disconnect for me. They're trying to manage around a problem that, as far as I can see, doesn't exist. They're trying to avoid guys in the – I get it. You don't want Justin Brule to be pitching the ninth inning of a game, that Julio's a better option than he is right there. But you could have used Vezia Brule earlier and saved Vezia for later in the game. It just seems that it's – Hey, watch how clever I can be. And that's a weird spot to be in in a playoff series. You know, but th- this is the part that the watch how clever I can be. I, that part throws me off a little bit because I, I I really believe that it's all about winning. You know, I think yesterday, let me give you a good example. Max Scherzer basically tells Dave Roberts, hey, I'm going to go and I'll kind of keep you posted how I'm feeling. He was hoping that through three innings – his arm would warm up a little bit. His shoulder would warm up a little bit. And then find it. as the game progressed, he'd actually get stronger as it did. Okay, it didn't. This is Max Scherzer handing the ball to Dave Roberts and saying, I'm not your best option right now moving forward. Bring in somebody else. That is a winning mentality. I don't care how I get it done. It's more important just to win than anything else. I, I don't think the Dodgers – we had a caller maybe, I don't know, it was a half hour ago or so, said – We've kind of used this term before as well about this being a little too cute. Is it necessary? Do, you, do teams that um, teams that don't have enough talent or maybe have a big issue? Maybe they have to run a flea flicker. Maybe they have to be a little cute when they because they don't really feel like they have a chance against their opponent. I don't yeah. think the Dodgers obviously should feel that way, but they've played a little bit that way. The team with the better players is usually not the team running trick plays. <laughs> and the Dodgers, you don't need to. No, they have been. Okay, here's the other part that scares me. You tell me if you're feeling this. Freddie Freeman is not going to strike out every time he comes to bat. We, we're aware of that, right? I the, think he struck I, out seven I, times in a row. Yeah, yeah, seven times in a row. <laughs> and every time he swings the bat, I'm like, this is the time he finds it and hits a home run. This sure. is this is the right, time that's going to happen. That he, yeah. is, he is way too good of a player mm-hmm. to be, oh, oh, good, oh, good. The guy that struck out said, no, 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 anybody but him. <laughs> Literally anybody that's but the so guy that so funny you say that. Out. I think every Dodger fan felt the same way. <laughs> yeah, it was a very uncomfortable feeling. This guy always makes me feel good. Let's go to Manuel in Gardena. Manuel, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Oh, fellas, man, it's a beautiful day in sunny SoCal. There was a few raindrops this morning, just like uh, the raindrops from Georgia over the weekend. You know, what could you say, man? Um, these guys are the smartest guys in baseball, that being uh, Friedman and Roberts. So you got to live and die with their moves. Uh, 
we all that guy was very smart that caller from 30 minutes ago he was making some great points man but it just comes down to like the players got to produce man you know the situational hitting has been non-existent you know hitting with runners in scoring position too man they go casper the friendly ghost so i mean if you're not going to bring the offense the, you know, you can, we can't ask for much more than we have gotten from the bullpen and the pitching. That's exactly so, right. So, I mean, we got we got to do it. But that being said, I still love the Dodgers in seven. Atlanta is that pesky foe. But uh, we're going to – we, we got a mission. And I know the boys in blue are going to take that mission and, and go with it. Yeah, thanks, thanks Manuel. Well, you got thank it. Thank you, Manuel. I, I appreciate I, it, man. He, he brings up a great point. The Dodger bullpen – and the Dodger pitching staff, really collectively, could put the starters in there. They've done is they've given you exactly what you need to win games. Mm-hmm. The, the the Dodgers have not lost any of these games because the bullpen or the starter they can't get anybody out. They've had a run here and there, and a guy you know a guy gets on base. But this is not where you're walking the world. This is not where you're getting laser beamed all over the outfield. They've done their job. The Dodger offense needs to do their job. And I guess if we're looking for silver lining, still. The Dodger offense doesn't disappear for weeks at a time. It's usually a game or two, so hopefully tomorrow, Al, at 2 o'clock, the yeah. offense gets going again. Yeah, if um, if you know, you're know you driving around tomorrow around Dodger Stadium around 2.30 or so, just FYI, there'll be a game on <laughs> right in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday, so just heads up on that. But, Trav, if we, Day come, baseball. Who doesn't if, like that? If we come back here and you know, on Wednesday morning we're saying Dodgers put up seven runs, it would be like, yeah, that's kind of what they do, right? It's not – it wouldn't be a shock or it wouldn't be a surprise. But I, I just go back to this. When, when we were when, – if the conversation is going to be had about the hitting, you had four runs yesterday through, you know, through seven innings. Mm-hmm. And – or was it through seven? Yeah, that seven was the uh, the Was it the misplay. eighth they got the two in? I thought it was the eighth. Anyway. Was it they, the eighth? They ahead four to two going into the – Eighth By the inning. time you went to the eighth inning, you're up four to two. It was, it it was that call, the circumstance that obviously changed the game. And that's not to, you know, make an excuse for the hitting because they do obviously need to perform much better on a hitting perspective. But that predicament alone, you're up four two. You gave up two runs. Julio was in. Just didn't understand the Julio portion. I, I I'm going to try this one more time. Mm-hmm. If the Dodgers pitch exactly the way that they've pitched through the first two games, they're going to win this series. It's good enough, and it's not like it's barely good enough. It's good enough. The Dodgers have pitched really well through the first two games of the season, minus one inning from Julio Arias. That was the one inning you're kind of like, yeah, he he doesn't have it tonight. And to your point, I thought they went and got him at the right time. Problem is, at that situation, Brule is your other option, and I don't know if Julio isn't a better option than Brule. The better question is, why didn't Brule pitch earlier, save Vezia for a little bit later in the game? Because he's been the guy that you've leaned on a little bit more. It's 2-0, it's not 3-0, and it's not 4-0. Lots more to get to. If you're on hold, stay there. We're going to take more of your Dodger calls. Plus, we got the dump coming up straight ahead. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Good stuff in the dump, Al, today. Very excited to get to that coming up in just a little bit. But... Dodgers down in a 2-0 hole. And the Dodger fans, I think, are unlike Chris trying to put everybody in a depression after being down 2-0. Dodger fans are feeling pretty good about this. Let's try Ventura. We're blowing up in Ventura, Al. Dave in Ventura. Dave, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, can you hear me? 10-4. Loud and clear. Hey, five I, by five. This is awesome. First time caller, long time listener. Uh, I just wanted to say, man, the Dodgers got to step up their batting. I don't know if they need more practice or 
what, but um, it just needs some needs to get done. We need to win. Yeah, well, look. I don't think it's practice. I think that they're getting plenty of practice. What they need to do is take a better approach into the batter's box. That's what Dave Roberts was hinting at. This is what the Dodgers themselves hinted at. When they have a quality approach, Salih, when they're in there swinging at strikes and not trying to do too much, willing to keep the line moving, willing to pass it on to the next guy, that Dodger offense is as good as any other offense in baseball. Their run differential this year was off the charts. Yeah, it was like it was over 250, something along those lines. By the way, let, let's say this, and this is not uncommon at all. The bats are going to wake up. They will. Uh-huh. I mean, you're assuming they will just because that's what's happened all season long. They just can't have another one. These next two games, um, it can't all be on your pitching to play nearly perfect baseball. Got to have some, and and you're. It should be other teams that are having trouble scoring, not this lineup, not these guys, not these all stars, not these. I mean, you just kind of go down the list. This isn't uh, this isn't the Colorado Rockies. This isn't the. <laughs> this is one of the best lineups in baseball. It's one of the things we keep kind of emphasizing and talking about. They're going to have to come through in big time situations as well. They've got three guys going. Two of them you would expect. Mookie and Will Smith are both swinging the bats really, really well. The other guy that's swinging the bat well. Cody Bellinger. Bellinger. Yeah, Bellinger. He, he's the yeah. other one. But you, Taylor, 286. You've got Justin Turner, 107. Trey Turner, 200. Uh, Pollock, Seager. 182. Mm-hmm. Seager, 219. Yeah. They're just not getting the hits. One more quick phone call here on the Dr. Pepper calling line. Los Angeles and Eric. Eric, you're on with Travis and Sleep. What's hey, up? can you hear me? Yep. Yes, sir. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep. Um, I'm, I'm not as – maybe you guys can touch on this. I'm not as worried about we can them hear being you. down to – Good, good. I'm not as worried about them being down – 2-0, as I would if they were in a seven-game series versus the Giants. Um, I would have said, you know, I think that's it if they're down 2-0 versus that team. I think the Dodgers are just beating themselves. I think the mistakes they're making from the coach um, down to the players, I think Trey Turner is – I think he's the engine to this whole team. When we were at our best the whole year is when this guy was constantly getting on base. Um and I, I think he's the one guy in the lineup that needs to pick it up a little bit. I know he will. I think he's going to have a great, great game three, four, and five in LA. Um, but I, I think uh, I think the Dodgers are beating themselves, honestly. So I'm not as worried as I would be if they were playing the Giants. But um, you know, something's got to change. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks, Eric. By the way, Trav, I'd rather have a squad that beat themselves because you know you can correct that than another team that's just better than them. So that that's a good way to put it from Eric. Trey Turner will be fine. He needs one hit, and then the mm-hmm. damn will Almost be Almost had it yesterday. Yeah, he'll, he'll be all right, but mm-hmm. it needs to happen tomorrow night, or tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock. Tomorrow afternoon, yeah, 2 o'clock. Grab, <laughs> grab some lunch and head out to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> Let's go to the dump here. This is one of my favorite stories, even though it happened against the Dodgers a million years ago. It was on this day in 1977, Reggie Jackson hit three home runs off three different pitchers only on three pitches and became Mr. October uh, to send the Yankees to a World Series title. I, I love the name Mr. October, Al. It is the baddest ass thing I've ever heard in my uh, life that's, as a baseball player. That's actually a good way to put it. I mean, if you're, you know, th- th- this is a good one too. Like, uh, just as an example, right? Playoff Rondo, as in you <laughs> yeah, deliver exactly. in big time <laughs> moments. Exactly. Mr. October in baseball, Reggie Jackson, that's, that's a pretty damn good title. Three home runs off of three guys. Guys, three pitches total. That's uh, that, that's a pretty good night along the way. Uh, stop me if you've heard an NFL head coach do this before. This is the head coach of the Detroit Lions. This is Dan Campbell after they fell to zero and six. I don't feel like we can accurately judge him one way or another um, 
I don't feel that way yet. Now, I will say this. I feel like he needs to step up more than he has. And I think he, I think he needs to help us, you know, just like everybody else. And uh, I think he, he's got he's going to need to put a little bit of weight on his shoulders here. And it's time to step up, make some throws, and do some things. Okay, this is how good of a coach Sean McVay is. It took Sean McVay four seasons to get to that point. <laughs> Sean McVay got into the middle of his four seasons and said, I can't do this anymore. We need, we need to get better play out of our quarterback. Dan Campbell took him six games where he's like, oh, hell no. This doesn't work at all. Do you think, is there a chance you and I talk more Dan Campbell and Jared Goff than the Detroit radio station that carries that broadcast? Because I think we do, because they give us some good material. They give us, they've been giving us some good meat here. Dan Campbell, another uh, another perfect example of, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good off, uh, glad we got those draft picks. I, I was a little disappointed in you yesterday. We got those first-rounders. retweeting Detroit Lion beat writers about their Jared Goffs. I'm hoping just to flush you out of the woods on Twitter. I was doing it. Were you really? I actually did not see you. that. I did yeah, not see that. I did. Well, when he, you mean when he threw it away on <laughs> fourth hilarious. and four? Yes, I did that yesterday. That's, uh, that's the way you do it. All right. Purdue beat Iowa this weekend to knock Iowa from the ranks of the unbeaten and knock them out of the number two spot in the college football uh, rankings. And then the tweet said, and this is a quote, we beat the number two out of Iowa. That's so good. That is such a I great tweet. I did not tweet. see that. That's well fantastic. Well done, Purdue. We beat the number two out of Iowa. And much like I was always saying to you about Al, you know UCLA is going to lose to Fresno State, right? Mm -hmm. You know that it's going to happen. No, 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 this is different. This is different. I said, no, Al, this is what they do. This is what Iowa does. Iowa just kind of pokes their head into the, is Iowa good? No, we're not. We're going to go lose to Purdue. Don't worry. We'll, well take care of this. The mere fact that the mere fact that Iowa can screenshot that at some point this year they were number two in the country in front of Alabama and some of these other, I don't know about you, that's an accomplishment in itself. <laughs> yeah, for I'm about minutes. to screenshot San Diego State <laughs> at number 20 and just take my chances with that. Absolutely. How do people find the pod, Sleek? All right, ESPN app or on iTunes. Still full show tomorrow. Um, uh, just search Travis and Sleek. We'll get the full three hours. Lakers talk tonight from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. as well as we lead into uh, tomorrow's game. All right, we're going to get you all set up for Laker opening night tomorrow night. Before we get you right before the Dodger game. Again, 2 o'clock Dodger game tomorrow. we got all your real Dodger talk taking place tomorrow as well. Mason and Ireland are coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow, 955 on Travis and Sleek.